Hot Springs Village Inside Out is a closer look at the greatness of Hot Springs Village, Arkansas and the surrounding areas, people, places, experiences. Hot Springs Village is one of the most beautiful places on earth. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host Dennis Simpson as we engage in weekly conversations to explore Hot Springs Village Inside Out. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas's favorite radio station, KVRE. Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at kvre.com. Remax of Hot Springs Village. The award-winning Remax of Hot Springs Village is the largest real estate office inside the village with over 30 full-time agents and support staff. Visit them to learn more about this beautiful place to solve your real estate needs. Call them today at 1-800-364-9007. Find them online at explorehsv.com. They are Remax of Hot Springs Village at one 800 364 9007 or online at explorehsv.com. Ike Eisenhower State Farm. Ike and his award-winning team have been serving the insurance needs of folks all around Hot Springs Village since 1998. Ike is qualified for State Farm's President's Club, Chairman's Circle, and Hot Springs Village Insurance Agent of the Year. Call Ike Eisenhower State Farm today at 501 584-4100. That's 501-984-4100. Find them online at ikeisenhower.net. Call them today for all your insurance needs because, like a good neighbor, Ike Eisenhower State Farm is there. Again, with Mr. Todd Knowles. Todd, how are you doing today, buddy? Doing good. How are you doing, Dennis? Quite well indeed, my friend. I think I'm doing better. Than some the of our sun's out today. Well, today, yeah, today. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think I'm doing better than some of our pine trees. Oh, I know you are. You're, 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 uh, you got a lot better color than a bunch of them do. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> well, you know, Todd, we had, we had talked about the Ips Beetle before. And on the east end, right as you're coming in the gate, we had some people who had some guys clear some of that area. And, did, and, yeah. and and let's discuss Ips, Ips beetles real quick. That they're they're not very good at flying, so they've got to go kind of tree to tree. But if your trees are too close together and they're stressed, then they can get this IPS beetle attack. Is that right? That's right. And they, they travel by the wind, actually. The wind blows them from one tree to another. And uh, you know, you gotta have your proper spacing between between your trees. Um uh, We've got a problem with them right now down down uh, off of the Anicia door. There's another section that I'm sure that it, you know, it spread from down around DeSoto to Anicia door. And then this actually, this picture you're showing here is uh, going down to the uh, Cooper Nature Conservatory off of Rocoso. We've got uh, several acres down there that uh, that's when you go down in there, it's just, you know, they're just brown. They're, they're brown. And and these trees here mainly have, uh, you know, there's a fungus they can get called pine blight or needle blight. I'm sorry, needle blight. And uh, it's attacking pine trees in Louisiana, Mississippi, um, Arkansas. Uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's a type of a fungus. It weakens the trees uh, very much so. And then it, you know, 
a pine, uh, an imps beetle is attracted to it. You know, they're not going to attack a healthy tree. Mm-hmm. That's why, that's why you say, uh, when, when we talk about an, an area being overstocked, uh, if they're not reaching the proper sunlight, then it's just like they're being choked out. So they're being weakened and that's when the beetles attack. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why that we try to thin, uh, this area here was, was overgrown. It's got the pine or the needle blight in it and it, uh, it's weakened now and allowing the beetles to, to, uh, get in it, get in that whole stand of timber down there. And there's but, but, several acres of it, but we love the forest. We don't want to cut any trees, Todd. What, 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 well, how are we going to fix this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. you know, sometimes it gets to the point that, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta do some, some pretty major cutting to get it, to get it the way that it needs to be. Well, let's, let's and, talk about what it needs to be. Okay. So an acre is around 40,000 square feet, about mm-hmm. 200 by 200, 202, 202, something like that. Okay. Right. About 40,400 feet. And I had heard that, that, you know, the, the, the healthy stand is going to be between 40 and 60 trees an acre. Am I in the ballpark or? You're right. You're right. You know, it's measured by basal area and, and, uh, and usually that's about, that's about the number you want. Uh, if you, uh, if you allow, you know, you can tell if you get into a stand of pine timber, that's overgrown by looking at the tops of them. Yeah. Because most of your healthy pine trees <clears throat> are going to have so many limbs and such a big bushy top starting about middle way up, going all the way to the top of it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you'll get into some stands like this and you can see some of these trees here, you hadn't got very many limbs on them. They just yeah. got a top. They and the crowns, the crown, the top, the bed, top of the crown is, is dead and dying. Yeah. So you just got just a small crown. You hadn't got one of the, now you look at a healthy pine, you'll have this great big, huge crown on top of it, you know, and you get into an overstock area. Then you see the crowns of them. They're just, they're just a little small crown up on top Well, and Todd, because they've been it, choked out. And here in the village, it's not uncommon, and I'm not exaggerating in any way. It's not uncommon to have two and three hundred trees an acre, and oh, it, no, ought be, no. it ought to be one tenth of that or one eighth of that. You know. Well, you know, uh, the thing about it is, and and you know, we run into this a bunch down toward the east end of the village. Uh, you know, you got to remember that was that was originally Derek's property, mm-hmm. and they were they were a timber company. Well, a timber company's in it for the revenue, so they went in and planted mm-hmm. timber, and then when it sold then nothing was hardly ever done about it. And well, all we, that planted timber took over. We interrupted the cycle. I say mm-hmm. we, well, you know, Dirks eventually did the first part, but then, then Warehouser came in, took the East end, basically clear cut it, went back in and planted it with plantation pines. And they were going to come back in in six, eight, 10 years and pull out the pulpwood. And, and thin it. And, and they, they never, never they did. Never came, so. so now we have, well, and, and we were talking before I hit the record button, uh, as you're going down to Soto on the north side, there's the woodlands and there's the grove and there's some mm-hmm. really nice areas. And, and that area is called Phoenix, just to the north yeah. there, to the to the south of that that road starts with a B. Bill Bayo, uh, Balabar, Balabar, Balabar. Balabar. And, and I was looking, I was driving past there literally yesterday, and I remember seeing just I mean, dozens of of green tree of little pine trees between five and eight foot tall. And I thought, now, why is there such a cluster of those right there? I thought, you know, nobody planted them, right? And then it dawned on me, as we had mentioned, that's where a tornado and some high winds mm-hmm. came through about 10 years ago. And, and you know, you know, Bart Langford, wonderful guy. Yeah. 
And yeah. he makes a point. The, the crowns of these trees, why are the crowns of these trees so big on a healthy tree? Because it's trying to get all the sunshine and nutrients it can. Yeah, but right, if, yeah. if if you're a little pine tree in, in a little bushy area that's kind of shady, man, you're struggling to try and get, and you're trying to beat out the other 50 trees within 20 feet of you, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's just like growing a garden. It's just like growing anything. Uh, you know, it has to have sunlight to to prosper. And and people say, well, you know, you're just doing all this for revenue. You're doing all this for that. No, we're not doing it just for the revenue. We're doing it to maintain a healthy forest because we want it to be successful. And 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 we don't want you to drive our forest and see a bunch of dead trees everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's you know, if 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 something's not done, then you know. Before long, if if you know they can get out of control, oh, these these boys are going to be on the ground pretty soon, one way or the other, whether we do something. Or oh not. yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, and and it's tragic that this is in the nature reserve. I mean, this yeah. is in an area where we we set aside. The, and for those of you that don't know, the wonderful folks at Cooper, Mister Mister John and Mildred, uh, donated this land. The family donated this land to the village and actually gave it to the Nature Conservancy, and we oversee it. Is that correct, Todd? Well, this actually this picture was taken on the POA property, the common oh. before before we get down to the Nature Conservatory sure. part. It's down by the river, mm-hmm. uh, the the Nature Conserv- Conservatory, but. Uh, when you go down in that road, you know, of course we got common property and, uh, actually all these trees here are, are, are on common property down through there. But that whole, the whole stand is, is exactly what you're seeing there. It's just, you drive the road, look to your left. All you're going to see is Brown. Are those plantation pines? They are. Yeah. Yeah. They've been planted. You can see the rows that they've been planted in. And then, yeah. And over time, you know, then they seed themselves and it just, keeps that's why the, the the timber companies they plant them in these rows and uh then they go back in and they thin them and you know and they grow more but they don't thin them they seed themselves and before long you got a big overgrown stand of pine timber mm-hmm. you can't even and get that's through, what can't get through with a machete yeah 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 that's what we run into so well now todd you were we were talking about it and i interrupted i'm sorry but you i i was we were talking about the ips beetle but that's not all this, 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 this needle blight, you say pine blight. Yeah. Needle, needle blight. It's a type of fungus. And, you know, actually green Bay packaging is, uh, you know, we signed an agreement with them to manage our timber. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, they, I met with some, uh, with a representative from them yesterday out of Missouri. And he was the one that was telling me about the needle blight. And, uh, he looked at a bunch of our timber and told us that that's, you know, that's what they had. Hmm. And, uh, that, you know, and the beetles are attracted to that because it's, you know, they're so weakened, they're, you know, they're so stressed. And, uh, so they're actually going to try to manage our timber and get us, you know, some of these areas back to where it's, uh, it's going to prosper before it's too late and the bark goes to slipping and the trees fall on the ground. Yeah. Well, and how did we get, how did this blight come about? Has there been a change? I mean, different weather, weather patterns. It's, it's the, the, the needle blight's caused by by weather patterns, by a whole bunch of wet weather, you know, a wet a wet uh, winter, early spring, mm-hmm. extremely wet, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden a hot spring. You know, it turns off hot, and it, it it's just a fungus that, that, that these pine trees, especially plantation pines, uh, they're very susceptible to it, and and young pines. Goodness, so, goodness, goodness. Yeah. So so I'm glad we have have. Uh, 
the fine folks at um, um, uh, Green Bay Packaging helping us with this, they, they manage hundreds of thousands of acres, correct? Yeah, they do. And, and they're professionals, you know, and they, they, they know all these new diseases when they come out and to help us watch for it. And uh, also to help us come up with a plan to, to, to have, you know, the healthiest forest that we can, that we can have here in the village for people to enjoy. And if you have to go in and you have to thin one real heavy because of the dead trees or the dying trees, you know, it, in a couple of years, it's going to be back up to where it, you know, you're going to have seedlings and, and it's going to allow your younger hardwoods, your small hardwoods to, to, to really grow. So, you know, you're going to have, it ain't like you're going in and taking out every tree in there and it's going to be a desert. It's, it's in a couple of years, it's going to be, it's going to come back up. You'll be stunned. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. will be stunned. Well, yeah. let, let me, let me recap for just for a couple of things here, Todd. We talked with you a lot of times. It's wonderful to have you on. Give everybody your official title and position. I am the common property forestry, dam spillways, wildlife and lake superintendent. And what people don't understand is, is that common property is I'm, I'm guessing hundreds, if not a thousand acres. Oh yeah. Yeah. Quite a bit of it. They, there's they, a lot there's of there's a lot of it. I don't know the exact number, but there's there's a lot of it. <laughs> you you ain't running low anytime soon. Oh no, no. I'm not running out of anything to do by no means. So well the reason I bring that up is because one of the last shows that we had you on, we were talking about the uh uh the uh landslide over on Lake Lago. And, right. and I, I went John by Dilla. Yeah, I took I took some took some video of that. Oh my lord! It it looks like an engineering structure that you had to do to st- <laughs> uh, It looked like something the Corps of Engineers d- did, and you know what I mean by that, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the reason I bring that up is because since that show, I bet we've had twenty inches or more rain. It's just yeah. keeps going. What's going on? It's just been you know it's been one of those crazy years. Uh, I heard we somebody so say we were like 40, forty inches over. Oh, yeah. But, you know, the good thing about it, we had the flooding here, I don't know, a week or two ago, two weeks ago, I guess, or three. Mm-hmm. You know, the landslide that we repaired, it held. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that's good. We must have done it right. You know? I, fi- I figure that I figure that device would have would have uh, endured the last coming. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I told, I told Ken, actually, I told Ken Unger uh, after we had completed it, you know, and I sent him a picture. And I told him, I said, Ken, if this falls now, I don't want to be anywhere in Hot Springs Village. Because <laughs> a lot of it'll be the last thing that falls yeah, in a lot of places. Yeah, so, uh, but but I mean, we've had other landslides. We've had what? Some of the roads have been undercut. I mean, no, just, it's we have been so busy trying to catch up on things. Uh, you know, the street maintenance—they've been working so hard, and and all the public works, and and uh, you know, I tell you, Dennis. I started here in, in 95 and I've told Ken this and, and, uh, you know, and I'm not saying it cause it's, you know, it's Ken's department, but when that hit, there were so many roads washed out so many mudslides we had on Barcelona, South Barcelona. And we even had another one on, on Jarndilla. And, uh, I don't believe I've ever seen a, a group within an organization come together and, you know, and communicate and work to get these roads passable again and to get things, get the mud off the roads and, and work together to get things done. Trees, trees. And man, we had so many trees. Fall. I saw just literally and, the trees and the dirt washed into the middle. Of yeah. The road. Yeah. And, and then just trees falling. And, and it was just, uh, it was, it was truly amazing to be a part of it and watch it, how, how that everybody just come together to, 
and it was, you know, it's, you could consider it a disaster. I mean, for what oh, yeah. I've done in such yeah. a short time. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, and so, it was all hands on deck trying to get everything done. Oh right? yeah. I yeah. It. Yeah. I mean, well, it was, uh, let me tell a, it was a great let me tell, let me tell a story. It's a short, quick story that I think will signify. These guys aren't just doing this for an hourly wage. And I'll explain the, the story goes that a guy was walking by a construction site and he asked the first guy, he said, what are you doing? He said, I'm laying these lousy bricks for 10 bucks an hour. Went to the next guy. He said, what are you doing? He said, I'm making this row of bricks as straight as I can. They asked the third guy, said, what are you doing? He said, I'm building a library for my grandchildren. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> if we're all called to a greater calling, it's yeah. it's not a paycheck for these guys. And I, I think if there's something, and get me off on a rant. I'm telling you, buddy, if somebody <laughs> on next door wants to start kicking my, my public workers in the teeth, we're going to have a problem now. Well, they, they, hey, these, these guys, they work really hard. And, and, you know, the one thing about it, they take their pride in what they do. Yeah. And when, when something's done, it's done right. You don't have to go back and fix it. You don't have to worry about it. And the lakes department can't say enough about them. Our lakes management team, they, there's so much debris in the lakes. I mean, we had docks washing away. We had <clears> lakes <throat> coming up close to people's homes. It just, uh, you know, a great, just a team effort from all the departments is, is, is uh, you know, the, the, the property owners here in, in, in hot Springs village, I tell you, are lucky to have these guys and gals, yeah. uh, to, to, yeah. to be out there working for them and the leadership whole. and the leadership that we've got. I agree wholeheartedly. And we're lucky to have you too. We appreciate you. Well, Thank I you appreciate so much. that. I appreciate that. But if you see log trucks before long running and, uh, don't think that, that, that we're out there trying to just strip the forest and trying to just make money off timber. You know, it's something that we're going to have to do. We've got to the point now, Dennis, to where we've got to do something. We've either got to do it or we're going to have a whole bunch of trees just laying on the ground everywhere. And, and, uh, so, you know, we, we're working with Green Bay to come up with a plan here in the next few weeks, uh, to try to do something to, to, to help, help our forest out and to help it start growing again. Well, and, and for those that are newer listeners, if, if, if you have a map in your mind or if you can conceptualize it, the West End was DeSoto and, and Highway 7. And the first block of Hot Springs Village went from there to roughly Balboa Road, where the Woodland right. Center is roughly. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and Cooper didn't know that this was going to work. Nobody was like, oh, yeah, we're, we'll have the largest development in the world, blah, blah, blah. Nobody knew that. But Cooper had an option on the land from Balboa on out to Highway 5, which seemed very, very aggressive at the time, but it worked out. But that last segment, you know, they didn't buy that for a while. And that's what we were talking about, that Warehouser and Dirks had managed. And it would be tempting for me to say, OK, well, that's where they put the plantation pines and, and that's where the area is. Todd, I've seen this blight here in the middle of the western end, which is historic, which, yeah, frankly, yeah. in my opinion, is is much more balanced. We've got gums breaking. You know, if you've got if you've got a stand of tight uh, pine beetle uh, pine trees, you're waiting for an Ips beetle. But if you've got oaks and gums and you know hickories all mixed in there, it's a little better. But it's still here too, isn't it? It is, and you know, just because you got hardwood doesn't mean that everything's safe. You know, you got root rot. You got uh, you know, you got a whole bunch of different diseases that can. You know, you got heart rot. So many other things that can happen with hardwoods. If you see a hardwood tree and you see these little flat mushrooms go to growing out the side of them, Ooh. then that means they've got heart rot. Now, root rot at the bottom of the tree, if you got a hardwood, it'll get real black 
kind of runny looking. Mm-hmm. It'll have an, it'll actually have an odor to it. And, uh, that's how you can tell if one's got root rot. So you got any trees like that on your property, then yeah, they probably need to come down. They may look healthy, but if you see those mushrooms go to popping out, you can bet it. If it's a hardwood, it's fixing, fixing to die. And, and same thing on your root. Well, you, Jeff had just literally around the corner here on Sierra, Jeff had a tree, uh, basketball size. And it looked like it all had had good foundation and whatever. Got up one morning doing these high winds, and that tree's leaning on over, over on a couple of others, and that's the only thing kept it from hitting his house. And they went and yeah. looked, and there's this big root ball. I say root ball. It, it, it Todd, it wasn't a foot deep. Yeah. But it was all black underneath there, and it had that mm-hmm. root rod in it you were talking about. Yeah, and 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 <clears throat> you know, and and actually, it it will it'll, it'll have some sort of an odor, a foul odor, but. uh you know, it's, if you see that, you know, uh, yeah, they probably need to come out. So, but our well, pine trees is really the ones that's in distress right now, yeah. especially down toward the east end. It, they're just, uh, you know, they're 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 in bad need of some some help, and and we're going to give them that. We're going to we'll have it to where it's a it's healthy for us. Well, well Todd, and and uh, we haven't discussed this, and I know this is maybe a, a a shot, just straight question, but you know, Brandon bought a lot of the land just outside the east gate making a great mm-hmm. development there. And and we love him. We're, we appreciate all the money and time and effort he's putting in to make this a better place. There's some Ips beetles on his side of the street. There, there was, yeah, there still is. Yeah. What, what, but, what, I mean, how do you work with, how do you work with private landowners as opposed to common properties? Right. Well, you know, that's something that, that we've actually started talking about a little bit. If we've got a bunch of diseased trees on, on, uh, on a private property, you know, we'll go in and take them out if they'll give us permission. permission. Yeah. Written permission. We will go in and take them out. Uh, or they can take them out. What, you know, just whichever. But I mean, uh, it doesn't do a whole lot of good if you've got a bunch of common property surrounding a, a, a two or three lots that's just loaded with these beetles. Mm-hmm. You know, you can thin your common out, but those beetles are still there and they're going to spread to somewhere. So mm-hmm. I agree uh, wholeheartedly. So you, you, the, the beetles don't care or know whose land they're on, nor do they no, care. No, no. They're, they're just, looking, they're just, a, they're looking for some pine to munch, munch on for their next victim. Yeah. Well, hey, the woodpeckers level. <laughs> do they really? <laughs> yeah. So if we you need well, more woodpeckers, I tell you what, uh, I took out a, uh, we've got a property over on Sergio. Uh, on uh, Ponce Golf Course, and uh, we were cutting some smaller pines, some smaller trees, just trying to get the lot cleared up a little. And I, I bet I cut it. Well, we cut one that was probably I, you and I could have reached around it, but I couldn't have. I mean, it's a big old tree. And they said, "Why are you cutting that tree, Dennis?" And I said, "Do you see the limbs here that are falling? Just the, the limbs just don't naturally fall off tree, healthy trees like yeah. this." And all around it, there was that little sawdust from those stinking beetles, yeah. the, the little mm-hmm. puff, puff, piles of puff. And they're like, you sure you're taking down that tree? I said, there's no question I'm taking down this tree. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't want the rest of them to look like yeah. this. You, you know? see that saw, you'll see that sawdust around the base of them when them beetles really hit it. I mean, but, they, uh, they were, I mean, there, there were piles of it bigger than my hand, just all the way around. It must have been six but, to eight piles. Yeah, but you know, actually, Dennis, you get a great big tree anymore, a mill won't even take it. I had heard that. Somebody had yeah. told me that other day, and you said, boy, look at this huge tree. Isn't that great? It's yeah, too hard they, for the big mill to handle, isn't it? They they won't even they won't even take it. 
simply because now this is the the story I got from the mill mm-hmm. is it takes them longer to cut it because it's such you know it's a, it's a, most of them are loblolly vines mm-hmm. they've got a tighter grain which makes your number one lumber your right your top lumber you know because the grains are so tight sure but nobody's buying that anymore lumber really? prices are up they're just buying lumber they just want lumber so the mills are trying to get out as much as they can it takes a lot longer to, to saw one of them up because it's you know it's much harder wood than a softer smaller one and they're 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 in for production and they want them that they can just spin in and out just as quick as they can mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's basically kind of the commoditization of the tree yeah, we want yeah. we want trees bigger than this, but not bigger than this, and this size and this size. That's what goes through our 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 factory best, our plant best. So everything else is not of interest to us. Yeah, know, which anything, is odd. anything from a foot to 24, 28 inches, really is what they're taking. You get anything over twenty eight inches, you can't hardly get rid of it. Okay, Todd, we're into it, and I promise there are people. That, <laughs> there, there are some people that this is way over their head, but there are other people who are listening. And and it's DBA d- diameter at breast diameter height. breast height DBA DBA So so if I stand and and that that tree's this big around, it's twenty eight at the at my chest height, roughly four and a half feet, five feet, something like that. That that's the size that they measure it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's 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 the size they measure, and and that's what they want. Now you get them big old trees that you can't hardly reach around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, a mill won't even take them. They'll tell you to leave them on the truck. Don't even unload them. Leave them on the truck. My now God. used to, used to, you know, that's where your money was. Yeah, well, because these, it's that these it's loggers. That, yeah, it's that really, really th- thin, mm-hmm. thin grain makes your makes your top quality lumber. Oh, and they're strong as iron. Oh my lord, oh, yeah. they're strong as iron. But but, but uh, the new the 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 commercialization, you know, the mm-hmm. the the twenty four inchers or the twelve inchers or eighteen inchers that they're pulling out of the woods these days that were planted 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, and they're, they're all plant, even aged. You know, plantation pine. You know, they want to grow them and cut them as quick as they can. Mm. And uh, yeah, the mills have just they they've quit taking these big pine trees. They want. I know that. Uh, you know, you can come out and get somebody to look at your timber. You know, I'm not talking about here to village. I'm mm-hmm. talking about, you sure. know, off, off property. Uh, different people I know has got people, you know, coming buying timber from them that's got lots of acres of timber. And they'll look at some of these pines and tell them, say, you know, you know, we, we won't even, we won't give you nothing for that. You know, do, do they, do they cut them or do they leave them stand and go, okay. No, well, they just, they just leave them standing. They won't even cut them. Well, you know, I've got a tree on my, um, uh, 21 acres over on Coronado that Mr. Cosby came by and he said, you know, that's a seed tree. I said, what? He said, Dirks used to cut everything around it and they didn't plant anything back. They would just leave one tree that would drop a lot of seeds and reseed and reseed itself just automatically reseed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that, Hey, that's kind of genius. But B, this is a big tree now, 20, 30 <laughs> yeah. years later, it's a, it's a monster, yeah. you know, five feet around, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, you know, it's amazing. People, they'll go through and they'll look at timbers and man, you'd be able to make a killing off this, but they don't realize, you know, it gets a certain, certain DBH. They won't even take it. So they won't even take it. Well, yeah. I know, I know we got to run again, Todd, man, it's always great to have you on. Thanks again. Hey, it's Thanks always for what been, you do. Always great to be with you, Dennis. And, uh, anytime you need anything, just give me a call. I will. If, if it's, 
let's see if it's common property or if it's lakes <laughs> or if it's the, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. just call Todd. I'll just call Todd. Just, just call me. I hope you and Wick in. I tell you what, Todd, if you don't mind, I'm going to do a, th- a shout out for you real quick. Mm-hmm. If somebody does have questions, they want to know about their trees. They want to know about their area. T Knowles, N-O-L-E-S at HSVPOA.org. Is that right? That That's correct. And they can get me there. And like I said, anybody out there needs any help. I'll be more than happy to help you any way that we can. And that's, that's not just that's not just that's your what dues we're here dollar. for. That's not just your dues dollars at work. That's just a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope so. I hope. I, so. I promise you. I promise you. <laughs> Rod Springs Village Inside Out. Dennis Simpson. Todd knows. We will see you next time. Thank you, Dennis. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for watching and listening to Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a weekly podcast starring Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Visit the website at hotspringsvillageinsideout.com.